Hi guys, it's Joanne. I'm popping in at the beginning of today's episode to give you a little preface. I was first introduced to today's guest scrolling through TikTok of all things. She had played a really funny prank and I really liked her. So I thought, I'm just going to see what else she's got. And then I started looking at some of her other videos and it turns out, oh my gosh, she is the most incredible singer. Not only does she have beautiful cover music and some amazing original music online on her YouTube channel and on TikTok and elsewhere, but she also has the best sense of humor and has sort of stumbled upon this really fun, unique, clever, silly, joyful thing that she does. So she'll explain more to you about it during the interview, but I just want you to hear this very first video of her series called Interrupted. But if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? False. You'd come over and you'd stay the night. It's horrible to travel you, when the world is ending. Would you love me for the benefits? All the fears would be irrelevant. Hey, no boys allowed. You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest with me, you guys. I'm super, super excited to introduce this guest to you. Today I have with me Sheena Melwani, who I discovered on TikTok. She has been creating all kinds of problems in my house because I'll have my headphones in and I'll think I'm laughing silently and my (laughs) husband starts looking at me like, can you please be quiet over there? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about Sheena. They say that music has the power to get us through everything and nothing could be truer for Sheena. An inspirational artist, she has earned a reputation as a talented media artist. From live shows to TikToks and more, she continues to find herself through music and perhaps more importantly, brings joy to many with her voice and laughter. Recently, her unconventional content has garnered over 2.5 million followers and over 100 million views across her social media platforms. You guys, it is totally bonkers. (laughs) I'll link to all of it in the show notes. You have got to check it out. You are my listener, so I know you like a good belly laugh. I promise this will not disappoint. I am sending you. Irrespective of whether you came for the laughs or what, everyone agrees that this girl can sing. Sheena, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I have so much to say to you. I like can't even get it organized in my head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One thing is, so you guys, not only is Sheena funny and her content is somewhat unconventional, which I love. I love a good, quirky, vulnerable, unfettered joy, which is Sheena's content personified. But she has the most incredibly amazing voice. And I've said it on this show before. If I could change one thing about my body, it would be my voice because I feel like I'm a frustrated Whitney Houston. That got the wrong <laughs> oh, my vocal goodness. Cords. <laughs> Sheena, I think your vocal cords are supposed to be mine. <laughs> oh, 
Should we trade? Yes, we should trade, but you will not be oh, happy. Man. Maybe we can just duplicate yours and insert them. I think that's a better option. Oh my goodness. Wow, you're so kind. You're so oh, sweet. I feel very honored. What an introduction. Oh, thank you. I think that our missions in life are very similar. I feel like bringing joy and bringing connection is so important. And you know, you can do it in so many different ways. And it seems like you had initially been doing that through music. But then when one of your videos went haywire, you just went with it. And that ended up being a whole nother thing. Yeah. So explain to any of those poor, sad listeners who don't know who you are, they will soon (laughs) because they're going to go check you out. But explain this phenomenon of what the process was between, say, a year ago and now, What has happened to you? (laughs) Honestly, I myself don't quite understand it. It all feels very surreal. And it it happened by fluke. I wish I could say that I was this mastermind behind this (laughs) wonderful plan, but I wasn't. It was just us being ourselves at home during a time where people weren't laughing enough and people weren't happy as much as they had otherwise been because of the pandemic. You know, we were all stuck at home. We all had so much insecurity and unknown, and we were all trying to figure things out. And for me, when that happens in my life, at any point where I feel unsure about something, I turn to music. When I feel insecure about something, I turn to music. When I feel frustrated about something, I turn to music. So that's what I did. That's what I know best, because music has always been that salvation for me. And so I turned to music once again. And I started doing these online shows on Facebook Live. I would just log in and my friends and family would come on. And that's what I felt like I could give my community. And I would do these shows for 45 minutes to an hour. And I was literally a human jukebox. I would open myself up and I would say, (laughs) whatever you guys want to hear, I will sit at my piano for the next 45 minutes and I'll sing it for you. And if you want to talk, we can talk. And if you want to chat, we can chat. If, If you want to request your songs, go ahead. And so that's what I did. And one night I was sitting after a show, I had already set up my lighting and everything. I was sitting at the piano and I said, okay, let me just do a small little clip for Instagram. And then the heckling started. And again, this is just us being ourselves at home in our natural environment. And it was so funny. And had it not been for TikTok and the fact that my brother had been pestering me to get on TikTok for the last Mm. you know, few weeks. I would have just, I would have dumped the video or I would have kept it for our own storage, but I wouldn't have done anything with it. And because of this notion that TikTok was where people could be funny and people could put up funny content and people could just be themselves, I said, you know what, let me just do it. And I had, what, all of 14 followers. So I was like, they'll get a nice kick out of this, the 14 people that follow me. I love it. And overnight it went nuts. I had, you know, 14 views or 18 views. And then by the next morning, it had crossed a thousand. And then by that afternoon, it had crossed 10,000. And then it just, it spiraled. Crazy. It's so much fun. At first, you're probably like, this isn't real. What's happening? There's going on here. (laughs) Yeah. And we had a bet going. The friends and family that did follow me, we all followed each other. There were like, I'm telling you, not maybe not even 14 of us. And we had this group bet going, like, which one of us can break 100 views on TikTok, you know? <laughs> and I, 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 took the, I took the fun out of that for them. They all stopped posting after that. It's like, uh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. We can't win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. Okay, tell me, when did music start for you in your life? 
Oh, like I think when I was four, three or four, five, mm-hmm. maybe. I've been singing as long as I can remember. Wow. My f- very first solo concert was when I was in preschool. So really, really long time ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Montreal. My family is all still there. And after I got married, we moved to Boston. Boston. Awesome. And do you have kids? I do. I have two children. They are nine and six. And this is actually one of the reasons that I prompted this comeback was the fact that my daughter started kindergarten back in September of last Mm. year. First, I thought I was going to take six months off when I was pregnant with my son. I said, oh, I'll take six months off and then I'll come back to work. And six months turned into, he's almost, he'll be 10 in February. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you're on your 10th year of maternity leave. I'm on my 16th year. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, So my daughter went to kindergarten. I'm very goal oriented and I set this deadline for myself. I was like, okay, when she starts kindergarten, I'm out of excuses. And she started in September and I started just getting my social media in order. I didn't know what it was going to look like again after all these years. But I was like, let me just get my toes wet a little bit and I'll see what happens. And I started and then I think come January, February, that's when word started about the pandemic. And by March, we were all shut down. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's just not going to work out for me. And everyone in my house said, no, no, that's not an excuse. We do music in this house. We're going to do music. That's how we're going to change the world. And so I started doing these concerts and here we are. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So before you had your kids, were you working in music or were you doing something other than that as well? I was doing social media. I've always considered myself to be this social media artist. I've used YouTube in the past to create content and to put covers up. And I was working on original music of my own. And I was working towards an album to have an original release at some point. And that just all got halted when yeah. I got pregnant. But I have, I've sung at Fenway Park here in Boston. I've sung at the House of Blues. I used to do wedding gigs. I sang with bands. You know, I, I was gigging. Yeah. That's a hard lifestyle when you're trying to raise some little kids. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to be home for bedtimes. And I wanted my kids to have that stability and that security because my husband works a really stressful job and mm-hmm. I needed to have something consistent for them. So, so we just decided that I was going to stay home with them for, for a little while at least. Yeah. And uh, now they're old enough. Oh, that's so neat. I'm a family physician by training, and I did that until my kids were born. My husband's a root canal specialist. And so we were both sort of like, we need someone who is not at the whim of emergencies coming through the door right. to be home for the kids. And right. well, at first that person was going to be my mom. She was going to be our nanny. But then I just decided, no, I think I'll just be home. And I have been loving that. You know, people will say, oh, what a waste. I can't believe you put your life on pause. No, I didn't put my life on pause. Just it took on a different form. It took on a different form. Yeah, exactly. I've just reinvented Mm -hmm. myself for a while. And now I'm reinventing myself again. Totally. I think that that's a challenge for a lot of women, right? There's Mm -hmm. no right answer. It looks however it looks best on you. And I struggled with that a lot when I was home with my kids for that sole purpose. I had really good days where I felt, yes, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. There was the occasional thing that I knew I did it right. You know, there, you have these few yes, moments, right? God. Where you're like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I made my son, not last year, the year before, I made him a Halloween costume out of Amazon boxes. 
we did one of those like transforming wow. Optimus Prime costumes. Oh my gosh. That's it was amazing. amazing. That was one of my badge moments where I'm like, yes, yeah. this is why I stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> amazing homemade Halloween costume. Yes. But then there were definitely days where I was like, but I'm not singing for the world and the world is not getting to hear my voice and I'm not getting to express myself and ebbs and flows, right? And yeah. so now I've found a way to, to be home and also share this wonderful thing that, that we're creating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. Yeah. Having little kids really, I think for a lot of people, men and women, you feel like sort of a shell of your former self for a yes. lot of years. Yes. And then suddenly it's like, nah, you know, my my pre-children expectations are probably not going to come to pass in the way right. that I envisioned them. Let me just figure out how to make it work in the context that my life is now. And then totally. it feels so amazing when you finally kind of figure yes. that out. And it's like, here comes the sun. You know, yes, you absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. Okay. You can make it work. And that's the thing. Like, Again, it looks different on everyone. Mm -hmm. I have this tagline and I've written a song about it. I've written multiple songs about it. You'll see it hashtagged in a lot of my photos and a lot of my videos. The tag is find your happy. And mm -hmm. that might look different at different points in your life. And that might look different to different people. Yes. But you just have to find what it is that makes you happy. Yep. And it isn't necessarily, like you said, what used to make you happy or what will make mm -hmm. you happy in the future or what makes that person or this person happy. Yes. Correct. And you don't have to justify it to other people either. Exactly. That's a totally personal thing. Exactly. We're going to do some rapid fire questions and then we'll get right into your not so fancy moments. Love it. If you had 24 hours in your home alone with no pressing to do's, what would you do? Sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We have more in common than I thought. <laughs> I may crawl out to binge watch a couple episodes of something and then go back to sleep. Maybe come up for a cup of coffee and then go back to sleep. I was thinking sleep, <laughs> eat ice cream, and then go back to sleep. That's what that would be my plan. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Who is the funniest person you know? The real Indian dad, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He Absolutely. is the funniest person I know. We were watching some of your TikTok videos last night and I was casting them up onto our giant TV. Of course you were. That's amazing. <laughs> My entire family was like in pain. We were laughing so hard, we were like wiping <laughs> mascara out from under our eyes. Oh, it I was so, it. it was so much fun. You know, nobody can be funny in a vacuum. I think it's definitely the energy between the two of you that really makes it work because right. well, for, here's, here's one thing. You are a genius at laughing silently because not only do, do you do the whole <laughs> you're singing and he's heckling, but you play a lot of jokes on the real Indian yes. dad too. Yes. And then you have to like play it off like you're not joking. And sometimes you do it from the cell phone and then you're like laughing so yes. hard. <laughs> thing. Well, I'm not very good at that apparently because my husband was napping the other day and I had my headphones in and I was laughing my head off at the video <laughs> where the real Indian dad is handing you things and you're on the phone and all of a sudden you're holding all this stuff. Like, what am I doing with this quinoa plant? <laughs> I was laughing so hard, but I thought I was doing it silently. Apparently you have way more talent at that thing. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing, that I had this random talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can make beautiful music or you can make silent joy. You could do I either love it. <laughs> You know, sometimes he asks me, he's like, are you going to make any noise? <laughs> And I don't even realize that I'm doing it. He's like, sometimes it's better when you make noise. Like just release the pressure. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Don't let it build up. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, what is something unexpected that has changed about you in the past few years? I think maybe we know the answer to that. Yeah, that I'm like, what is TikTok fame? Apparently that's a thing. <laughs> Literally, I've become this like random personality on social media. That's what's changed. It's so much fun. Okay, what is your favorite purchase this year? Uh, my MacBook Pro. Because it really defined that start of something new. Oh, yeah. I bought it myself and it wasn't like, oh, should we, should we not? For the last few years, because I was home with my kids, I always felt like, oh, no, that money should go to something for them, classes or whatever, whatever it might be. But this was like, nope, I need this and it's going to make work better and easier and more efficient. And it felt very momentous for me. It felt like... Like a really nice step forward. Okay. And does it have a name? Uh, I haven't named it. Maybe you could help me name it. I could call it the rascal. There you go. <laughs> that, that has many layered meanings. I yes. like it a lot. Yes. What is your favorite phone app? TikTok, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. TikTok has literally changed my life. You know, the good with the bad, the, the the problem with these the phone apps is that you get so addicted that you can oh. never turn them off. I know. They're very good at hooking you in and keeping you there. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> but I have to say, nothing makes me happier than when someone messages me like this pseudo angry, pseudo thank you message saying, I just went down a TikTok rabbit uh-huh. hole of your <laughs> yes. page. Like I find so much joy in that sentence yes. because it really makes me feel like you just spent the last however many minutes or hours or whatever laughing because otherwise you would have stopped. You would have just turned away, but you enjoyed it so much that you kept going, which means that you were happy for all Uh those minutes. It just, it's right. Because you could stop at any moment if, or move on to another feed. Yeah, It's just like I interviewed an author recently who said she loves nothing more than people pulling her over in the grocery store and saying, you made me stay up all night last night reading your book. Yes. 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 I love getting messages like that because it really makes me feel like this is why I do it. To affect people positively. Absolutely. We, we create this content so that people feel joy in a time where joy is just not easy to come by. You know, yes. that's why we're doing it. Yeah, I love it. And there's something else about joy that we're definitely going to get to soon that you guys yes. have to hang out and hear about. Yeah. So on the flip side of the funny stories, we have something very serious oh, to talk to yay. you about regarding joy. Okay. What is the scariest thing you've ever done for fun? I jumped out of a plane. I went skydiving. What? Yeah. It was amazing. Wow. I think if I had to do it now, post kids, I would uh-huh. it would be a lot scarier. It was before my kids. I was in Hawaii. We were on vacation. I literally jumped out of a plane over the rainbows. It was so poetic. It was so beautiful. Wow. But it, I mean, it was so scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my husband and I had to have a talk about thrill seeking once our kids were born. Yes. So we okay, we got to put this stuff on pause because yeah. they need us. You know? Yeah. I don't think I would do it now. I, I think I yeah. would hesitate a lot more before making a choice like that. But it's an incredible experience. It sounds yes. like, wow. It was exhilarating. It was one of the coolest things to be able to feel that, that free fall. It's actually yeah. not as scary as one would think for for the entire period. Because once you pull the chute, you're just kind of floating in the air and it's very peaceful. Once you know you have the chute open, then you're not, you know, there's no chance you're going to splat to the ground. But the free fall is really exhilarating. It's very scary and it happens fast. You don't have enough time to sort of process what's happening. Yikes. <laughs> okay. What's, what's your favorite thing about the place that you live? 
My family, the laughing inside of it. It's not about the place where you live. It's about what's inside to me. And we have really found something special inside this home. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. What's your silliest memory with your best friend? I'm very fortunate. I have a group of girls that I'm very, very close to, but one in particular that every time we try to go clubbing, it's like the universe just tells us, nope, you guys are not going to do that. And this has been for the last maybe 10, 15 years of our lives. So even before our kids. And so one night we were in the OC and we had just dropped one of our other best friends off. And we started the night we were at McDonald's and we said, okay, we're going to have an ice cream at McDonald's and then we're going to go clubbing. We were sitting in this McDonald's and there was this really weird guy and he was playing with these dolls and he kept showing us his dolls. And we're like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to start this night. We went to the club. We were rejected from that club because they didn't like our ID. We tried another club. We walked in and there was this guy that was giving her this funny look. She's like, I'm really uncomfortable. Let's leave. So we went to like four different clubs, laughed all night long, but didn't actually make it more than the 10 foot threshold of the club (laughs) itself. It was such a weird, stupid night. But at the same time, it was honestly one of the best nights of both of our lives. We talk about this all the time now. It was really funny and weird and just us, completely us. And we, we truly feel like God or the universe or whoever, what, whoever's watching down on us is like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, not you two. <laughs> you guys are troublemakers. <laughs> you are not ending up in this club, and I have That's a right. lot of creative ways to keep you out of there. <laughs> That's right. And we both don't drink. We just wanted to go and dance, and it mm-hmm. was like, nope, not even that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so fun. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love crazy stories like that. So yeah. fun. As you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections, forge connection through vulnerability and humor, and create a ripple effect of joy because then these stories can be told and it makes other people think of their stories and it goes on and on and on. So you've already given us wonderful stuff. Are you thinking of anything in particular? I feel like my whole persona on TikTok is my not so fancy life. You know, the the thing that I love about what I've done on social media, and, and I'm still tr- I'm trying my best to just stay true to that because it's very easy to lose sight of that is that authenticity, that realness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that draws people to our channel and our content is you'll get a glimpse of us just being ourselves. And it's not always pretty. And I like. I just, I used to hate the way that I laughed. I used to hate it. Really? That's just one of those weird things that I was very uncomfortable about. I, my, all my teeth show and I, you know, I would hide my face with my hand. And then all of a sudden I'm like the girl that laughs and everybody comes here and for loves the world, the, yeah. yeah. And so for me, putting myself out there in that light always felt like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Oh my God, what are people going to say? And I think that that's what people love about it, that just the authenticity of it all. There have been moments where I've tried to do a prank and I just felt so embarrassed by it that I never put it up. So I don't know if you saw, (laughs) there was a TikTok trend going around 
where a person, I, I've, I've only seen it with girls, but they'll put a little eyelash glue on their uh-huh. upper lip. Have you seen this trend? Oh, they glue their lip to themselves. It's like, you wouldn't know because you're slender, but in the way that my back fat touches itself, it kind of looks like that. <laughs> that is <Yeah>. so funny. <laughs> yeah. You glued your lip to itself with eyelash glue. I did. I glued my upper lip. I glued it up higher so it looks like I had my lip filled. And I'm already uncomfortable about the ginormity of my smile. And so then all of a sudden my mouth was, it looked double the size, maybe even triple. And I, I tried to do this prank. And I mean, it was very funny. It was very funny, but I just was so... I felt so awkward and I was so uncomfortable looking at myself. I didn't put it up ultimately. I just never did it. And my heckler, he asks me off and he's like, so are you going to do it? So are you going to do it? And I haven't yet gotten the guts to do it. (laughs) Well, maybe you can just put it in the show notes and we will have our private little, or I have a Facebook group. It's private. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the problem is putting things on Facebook. That is the most viral platform of the lot. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. But the, if you're in a, now I don't know a whole lot about it, but I think if you're in a private group, you can only, it can only, it can't be shared. Like you can't share it out of the group. So I see what you're trying to do. I see what's happening here. <laughs> No, but anyway, <laughs> this brings up another another amazing point, which is the things that we feel are our bad features or yep. embarrass us or we are self-conscious about are oftentimes the things that other people think are beautiful about us or yes. you know, are envious. And like I remember I have I have this girlfriend who had the most gorgeous lips, very full, beautiful lips. And I said, why don't you ever wear lip gloss? Like you look so pretty. And she's like, I can't because I don't want my lips entering the room before I do. Like she was so, (laughs) Oh no! I I mean, I got to talk to her about that because I don't think she probably changed now because you know, when when we're in our early twenties, we're embarrassed about stuff. Right. But Last night when we were watching your videos up on the big screen, I was like, Scott, her teeth are so pretty. My husband's a dentist. And I was like, her teeth are so pretty. Oh, my I gosh. <laughs> beautiful. And she laughs. And my husband's like, I know. And so here here we are actually talking about the one thing that you feel a little bit sheepish about on your videos right. in right. our home. And, yeah. you know, it's just like you can't predict Right. I tell my kids all the time, your looker is broken when it comes to looking at your own self. Absolutely. You you are so right. And that's the thing when you're in your early 20s or you're in your teens, you need people in your corner to remind you, no, you're beautiful as you are. Or no, this is fantastic. Or you just have to own it. You have to appreciate it. And those flaws that you sort of quote, and I put them in quotes, I'm I'm actually quoting in the air, but I realize you can't see me. Um, But those (laughs) flaws that you think are really flaws could be something that somebody sees and admires most about you. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. may never know it. Like, had it not been for TikTok, I would not know that. And I would still sort of be smiling with my hand in front of my mouth. It just happened that I was sitting at the piano and I couldn't do that in that moment, you know? Oh, right. Because your your hands were busy. My hands were busy. They were on the piano. And I mean, of course, over the years, as I've gone through my 20s and now, you know, into my 30s, I put a lot less emphasis on the things that I'm self-conscious of because I feel like I understand that we all have insecurities and you just have to own them and you have to find your version of happy. You know, you have to find your happy in whatever insecurities you have. Yeah. It's really been eye-opening for me. That's awesome. Mm. Well, 
walk us through that first time that that first interrupted video. What, what were you singing? I can't remember. And tell me what ended up happening with the real Indian dad. So I was singing, if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? And, you know, he started false. And if you hear, it was it was so random. It totally caught me off guard. I looked false. up and I was like, what is happening? And That's then like he a just, Dwight from the office moment, false. Yes, you- yes, totally, totally. And as I went through the song, he got progressively more animated and the accent got thicker and it just became this like, you're not allowed to have boys in the house. This song is ridiculous. This, you know, and, and then he says this at the, at the end, his big finale was close the windows. And I don't know where that came from. Like, I have no idea. People ask me all the time. We actually have merchandise now that says close the windows on it. People ask me, where is this from? And I'm like, I have no clue. That's just what came out of his mouth. It's like verbal diarrhea. <laughs> And I have to tell you, it totally came full circle. It was so poetic. I couldn't have written it better myself. The original singer of the song, J.P. Sachs, duetted our video a few, maybe a month ago, and he sang the Real Indian Dad lyrics back at us. (laughs) So amazing. I know. (laughs) It was crazy. I mean, just... Just to see the way that a community can come together and a situation or a story like this can come full circle. It just, he was such a good sport. He was so humble about the whole thing. That's, that's what I love about TikTok. That's what I love about this community. Everything feels so real and genuine and awesome. Yes. The real indie dad was heckling you. He wasn't heckling the lyricist, right? And right. so the- he didn't take take it personally. He thought it was hilarious. It's right. great. And yeah, I love it. I just love that. Right. Let's let our humanity show through. We're all yes. the same. Yeah. You know, one of <laughs> really. the the reasons that I think that this this off the cuff concept draws people in so much is because no harm is ever meant. I mean, here I am yes. being heckled by a person that lives in my space. So clearly we we tolerate each other pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever take offense to anything that yeah. is thrown my way, anything ever. Well, that's a really interesting point because I think one of the other things that you're modeling for people is how to just let your funny bone be tickled, yes. but not take offense yes. to take things in, in the heart that they're meant. Oh, totally. Yeah, because I think some people have a really bad habit of figuring out how to take offense to almost anything. And it's yeah. such a negative. It's so bitter and painful for right. that person. Both parties, you know, quite yeah. frankly, if yeah. you let the other person know that they made you feel bad and when they were not intentionally trying to make you feel bad, that's awful. Yeah, you're right. Then you're shutting things down, which it was supposed to just be for fun, you know? Absolutely. You know, you're trying to make light of a situation. You're trying to bring the mood up. And all of a sudden you realize that it had this negative impact. You feel horrible, you know? And I've been on both sides of it. And I have to say, having that lightheartedness is really what people need now, you know? And I think that without discussing it too much, we don't talk about it in our videos, It's but it's just, it's it's this underlying message that's there. And here's this person who actually, she can sing, you know, she, she's actually got a pretty decent voice and she's not offended by the fact that her art form is being heckled and shredded. And it's, 
it's irrelevant. You know, it is irrelevant. It doesn't change the fact that I can sing because he has something to say. Yes, exactly. You're doing your thing and he's doing his thing. And sometimes it's it's a totally beautiful song from start to finish. And sometimes it brings a completely different kind of joy in that it's going to tickle someone's funny bone. And I have to say, the more people are finding humor with us, the more people are hearing me sing. So it's a win-win. You know, I have no qualms having people come find me because they heard the jokes. I Uh know that once they're there, the voice will keep them there. They love the voice equally. And I feel like this was my gift that I've been given and I want to share it with the world. And I love that I have a platform that brings more people to listen to that. It's almost like you're backwards of the Wizard of Oz because I came in, you made that funny video about the cars. With, you know, I hit your car with my car, mm-hmm. that video. I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, I could probably watch it 10 times. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this, this girl is so funny. So I went to look at some of your other videos and then I saw one of you singing and I was like, what? Like <laughs> she had that hidden behind her. This whole t- Are you freaking kidding me? She can sing. And then I was like, Oh, she's the singer. (laughs) You have, I mean, it isn't just that you can carry a tune. You you're right. Your instrument is absolutely incredible. It's mesmerizing. I, Oh, and because my daughter sings and she does musical theater, I, Uh, I know the struggles. I mean, she's, you know, takes voice and it's not just, I mean, you definitely have a God given gift, but you also have obviously worked very hard for all of the you have. And it's amazing all the artfulness that is there and all the subtlety. It's, 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 it's absolutely incredible. It's a constant work in progress. And my Mm -hmm. work is never over. My practice is never over. And I've been singing, like I said, since I was four or five years old, I sang in jazz bands. When I was in high school, I sang in choirs. When I was growing up, I worked in church choirs. I like, I did anything and everything that was revolving around singing and music. I Mm -hmm. sacrificed a lot growing up. I didn't do so many things with my friends because I had band practice or I had choir practice or I had something or the other. And then I, I went to university and I studied music and it has been my practice and my life. It's my life support. And I'm Mm -hmm. very, very fortunate that I enjoy it still so much after all these years, but it's, it comes at a big sacrifice. Like I can't drink a glass of milk. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. I don't drink soft drinks. I try my best not to eat ice cream as much as I love it and want it all the time. I I can't because it it doesn't do anything good for your vocal cords. Huh. Interesting. Mm. Well, maybe I don't want a good voice then because I can't (laughs) even (laughs) eat your vocal cords, Sheena. (laughs) Got it. See, we came full circle there. This is very poetic. Let's talk about the Spread the Joy Foundation. This is so incredible. I've spent a lot of time in hospitals. This foundation has such a special place in my heart. And I want you to tell me how it started, how you got involved, and what it is, the Spread the Joy Foundation. This is a cause that is very, very close to both of our hearts as well. What we do is we create these joy boxes and we deliver them to the hospitals across America to children that are there for extended stays. My niece was diagnosed with a rare, very, very rare autoimmune disorder called HUS. And so she has been in and out of the hospitals for basically her entire life. She's six now and she's doing so much better now. But the first four years were really challenging for my sister and her husband. And so I have seen firsthand what a stay at the hospital might look like. You know, I would go and just spend a week with her to give her a change of scenery, to give her a change of 
personality around her space. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you're stuck in a room and you can't get out and you're there for weeks and weeks and weeks at a Mm -hmm. time, it's sad. It's boring. It's depressing. You feel like you're in an aquarium, you know, with people Mm -hmm. coming and looking through the windows and observing you, but you can't get out. It feels claustrophobic. And there's very little by way of self-expression. And so my sister and I would talk about how we could get her daughter out of that funk and what can we do for her. We would sing. I would do some music therapy with her. There was a dog that would come and visit her. We would do art therapy. And then we realized there's a lot in the hospital that you can use to create an art project or this or that or whatever. And so when she left the hospital, we were all very, very grateful. You know, one year she was home for the holidays and her kids both said, well, mama, what about the kids that are not home for the holidays. And my sister said, well, what should we do for them? So they said, let's make something for them that they can use while they're at the hospital. And my my niece basically was like, I want to send art supplies because that's what I enjoyed. And so they put together what they called the joy box. They put together mm-hmm. the very first batch of joy boxes just from their dining room table. And it brought so much joy and healing to all of them. They really processed all of the feelings that they had had building up for those years that what happened was this foundation was born and my sister just grew it and grew it and grew it. And our family is all super involved. Now it's run by a board of directors. It's a 501c3. It is so much bigger than any one of us could have ever imagined. Mm. But what we do is we create these joy boxes And they can be filled with agendas, coloring pages, crayons, paints, markers, stickers, tattoos, like you name it. Everything has been vetted by hospitals beforehand so that all this stuff that goes into it is completely allowed for those kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, We work with big companies that do donations. It's amazing to see the kinds of things that come to our warehouse to fill up our boxes. It's awesome. Because of the pandemic, we're running into problems of how do we fundraise? How do we get these boxes together? Because we used to have these giant packing parties and have a thousand boxes put together in a matter of days. Now it takes me, you know, my sister and I, we were together for the summer and we did a hundred boxes and it took us like six hours. You know, it's it's a long process, but people have been amazing. We're doing a big campaign now for Thanksgiving. People are picking up 10, 20, 30 boxes, whatever they feel that they can pack in their homes with their children. And Spread the Joy is basically spreading these boxes across the country for these children so that they have something over the holidays again. Amazing. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, I can see how there'd be so many challenges right now. Right. Businesses aren't doing as well. So donations are probably down and manpower's down right. and you can't right. have a big group together. And, right, right. But the kids are still in the hospital. Right, exactly. Kids are still in the hospital. And you know what? They're even more lonely now because some of them can't really be with their parents. Yeah. Oh, because of COVID imagine. restrictions. It's It's tough. So the Real Indian Dad and I are actually doing our own fundraiser. We're raising money for the Spread the Joy Foundation. People love the rants, right? So he is creating a rant (laughs) ringtone. (laughs) And we are giving those away. For a $10 donation, you can get your own ringtone. For a $25 donation, you can get a personalized voicemail message that he's recording just for that particular person. And all the it. proceeds are going straight to the Spread the Joy Foundation. Amazing. Okay. And I'm, I'm waiting for mine. I saw that come in. Yours will be, it will be in the next batch. 
Would you like a sample voicemail? Oh, that would be awesome. So just to give you a, a sense of what it might sound like. Hold on uh-huh. one second. Okay. Here. Sit down for a second, please. Hi. This is my friend, Joanne. Go ahead. I don't even know what's happening. Show her what her voicemail might sound like. Joanne, why are you putting me on the spot? (laughs) Hi, The Real Indian Dad. I'm so excited to meet you. Hi, this is Joanne's voicemail. She's uh, not going to pick up the phone because she's too fancy with her podcast. If you want to reach her, please leave her a comment on her podcast. I've been trying for a week. She hasn't called me back. So good luck to you, sir. (laughs) Close the windows. (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> so that I mean that that could be a sample. I will get yours out to you very soon. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So much fun. Okay. So we will link to your fundraiser for the Spread the Joy Foundation on the show notes. Amazing. And I know I gave you a long-winded explanation, but you can take what what you need, take what you want from there. I could probably talk to you for another hour about that. I, I love it. feel the yeah. same way. <laughs> I've actually been in the hospital under some scary circumstances too. And I've learned so much about the hospital, people who haven't spent time in the hospital as a vulnerable patient. Yes. Even medical staff who've never been in that position don't fully understand it. So there's just a vulnerability. There's a fear. Not only can you not rest because you're being bothered all the time, which they're doing their job. It's not offense, but you hear things. And then what happened to me is that I heard some doctors talking about something really scary. And I thought they were talking about me and I was too afraid to ask them about it for days and days. So as a teenager, that's really scary. It was really, really scary. I thought I had AIDS and I was completely (gasps) ignorant. I didn't even know how you got it really, but I, and until because it was I'm old so it was a long time ago (laughs) but I I learned so much I would not trade that experience because I learned so much and so many things go into making right that experience just fractionally less awful right it's really interesting that you say that and it's so true all the tips and tricks and things that we figured out like you could get fresh coffee or fresh bagels on this floor of this hospital my sister would jot them down like you could call child life services and they can make this easier you can call so and so and they have a therapy dog you can message this person and they will come and help you with this and sometimes when you're just new in the hospital you don't know all that information. It takes too long to figure it out. And you're also, you're not focused, right? You're focused on your child and your child's health. Yeah. You're, you're at your worst Yeah, and you're worried. And yeah. So that's, that's actually interesting that you bring that up because I've actually written an article. Well, my article is called 13 things good doctors wish their patients do. But one of the things is you guys, I need to tell you how the hospital works because everybody needs to know this. I don't know why they don't tell people when they come in because I was in the hospital and I thought, have they forgotten I'm here? Like I didn't see a doctor for a really long time. Well, how it works is that you'll see your doctor when they admit you to the hospital and then they're going to come around once per day. Right. But during the rest of the 24 hour period, your nurse who's taking care of you is in constant communication, not necessarily constant communication, but has access, constant access to your physician as your condition changes and as questions crop up. Why didn't anybody explain that to me? I was like, am I, why am I even here? Absolutely. The culture is so hard to decipher. Totally. What we've done at Spread the Joy is we've jotted all these things down and we've actually made a book. And the book is delivered inside those joy boxes. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Find out who your child life specialist is. Find out this. The doctors will do this. This is kind of scary. Try this little tool. There's a little thing that goes on your hands 
and it's got two little eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen it. They, they, some of them light up. They have like googly eyes. And oh, fun. for kids that are scared of needles and like freak out every time they have to get their blood drawn, mm-hmm. put this on the end of your hand and then draw the blood. It's just so yes. much easier. Oh my gosh. There's so many little tricks like that. Yes. We discover those over time, but to have them condensed down, that's gold. Yes. Yes. That's the gift for the parents, right? Absolutely. The parents want to know actionable things that they can do Mm -hmm. to make it a better experience for their child. And just to even have them have something to focus on. Totally. Totally. There's coloring pages with like super uplifting messages. There's a character that is really relatable and she talks about how she's feeling. And then there's games of like, would you rather? There's so many things in there. And we're working on a whole new concept. I've written a song for the foundation and that song is going to be made available so that you can do some art therapy by listening to the music. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Those multimedia things. Yes. This is completely off subject, but not really. (laughs) We gave my mother-in-law these mystery boxes for her birthday. So they come once a month and it's a mystery to solve. Oh, cute. There's so much more sort of multimedia than I expected. There'd be like little pieces of evidence in there. And then there'd be like a barcode to scan. And then there'd be like a phone number to call. And then you call this phone number and there's this recorded message. And then there's this map. So, I mean, there's so many interesting things that you could do to put in a box. And it's stimulating, right? It's great. Listening to a song and coloring the page. It's going to be like, scan this barcode and it'll take you to this page and you'll get to listen to this, 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 and draw what you're feeling. Just get it out of your system. Because the hardest thing for us, my niece, When she was in the hospital, she shut down. She didn't want to talk. And you know what? Quite frankly, so did my sister. No one wanted to talk to anybody. And it was was really hard to watch that. And so we figured out ways to pull these conversations out, to get people talking, to get kids talking about how they're feeling, to just Mm -hmm. forget about being in the hospital, talk about something else. There's jokes, magic tricks. How do you keep your little fingers busy? How do you keep those fine motor skills, you know, keep Mm -hmm. how do you keep them moving? All of those things have been covered. And I have to say, we have such an incredible team working towards this that it's like all the bases have been covered. And what started out as this beautiful little project at home on a dining room table has blown up into this incredible process. And we've worked with therapists, child life specialists, moms, patients, doctors, you name it, they've been consulted with. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really beautiful to see how it's all come oh, together. So incredible. So it's like this fine-tuned, boiled down, ever-evolving, yes. ever-improving gift. I love it. It's really a labor of love. And it's truly the ultimate joy-spreading mission. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Incredible, yeah. incredible, incredible. <laughs> okay, Tell my listeners where they can find you. What is the one place where they can go and find all that you do? If you go to my link tree, which is at the top of all of my pages, everything is there. You'll find links to Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, my website, merchandise, whatever you fancy. That's what you can find on my link tree. That's where I kind of host everything. And my name, Sheena Malwani, is my handle across the board. Okay. So listeners, I'm just going to spell it out for you in case you're not a show note looker. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash S-H-E-E-N-A-M-E-L-W-A-N-I. 
You got it. Oh my gosh, Gina, this has been so much fun. Thank this has so been much. really nice. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I wish you all the best and please continue bringing the joy. And here's something I just want you to know on a personal level. Yes. Sometimes you're not going to feel like you can bring joy to anyone because sometimes you're just not going to have the joy to share. And that's okay too. You know what I mean? Like take, take pauses when you need to, because one beautiful thing is that your content is evergreen, right? So it's going to be there to cheer people up, whether you're putting new stuff out every day or not. So I just want you to. That's a nice reminder. Thank you. You know, you're right. It's not always easy to put a smile on your face and to be super sunny and to be, you know, some, we all have down days. Sometimes you hide in the closet. Magic Tiles 3 and that's all you can do. (laughs) Exactly. Or eating Oreo sandwiches, whatever those are. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it took me a minute to just understand that that's okay. Like, it's okay to just be a human being. It's okay to not want to do anything. It's okay not to want to post. It's okay to disconnect. I definitely appreciate the reminder, though. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Wasn't Sheena amazing? I just loved her openness and her amazing talent and her heart for spreading joy. She's just awesome. I loved her. Make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 71 to get all the links we discussed today. Please check out the Spread the Joy Foundation and donate what you can. I think it's such an amazing cause. If you have a story to tell, remember, you can go to fancyfreepodcast.com and click the big red button and record a voice memo to me about one of your not-so-fancy moments. I'll polish it up, and it may end up on an episode. So much fun. Have a great week, and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. <laughs>